Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip talks politics with congressional candidate Patrick Moses. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. All right. We are back with another episode of the Ask Philip podcast. And it's funny, I've been doing this podcast for a while, but two years ago, y'all probably saw me do a lot of political uh, interviews. Um, I did one last year, Dr. Dr. Uh, Michael Evans, who's the new mayor of Mansfield. I did that one because uh, I like to get on board with winners, right? And I figured he was going to win, so I wanted to 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 uh, to look good before he won by having him on podcast. Because I'm I'm basically what am I? I think I'm I think I'm three for three. Had Devin Allen on, she beat Andy Wynn. Uh, had Steve Mason on, he's the first black mayor of Cedar Hill. Had Dr. Michael Evans on, and these were, I had him on before, right before uh, uh, they actually won. And so and so um, I think I'm a pretty good you know I'm a pretty good picker of. Uh, of, of people and winners. And so today I have a special guest, Mr. Patrick Moses on, who's running for U.S. Congress. So thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, Philip. Appreciate and, it. And, and full disclosure, I am helping with the campaign. Uh, so just, you know, there's a there's a super selfish aspect to it, but I wouldn't help with the campaign if I didn't think that 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 you would win. So thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming I on. I received that prophetic word. <laughs> So let, let's uh, let, let's talk about. But what, before we go to it, I, I'll try to do like the ABCs of of, of politics because just some people just like in my government class in high school, I fell asleep. Like it was it was boring to me. Uh, I think I think the only thing I remember was that that old Schoolhouse Rock video of how like bills were passed. Right. You know, outside of that, I don't I don't remember anything. So so you're running for U.S. Congress, right? Three three branches of government. Uh, um, what is it? The 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 the, just, the, the judiciary. Judge, yep. The executive the branch and the legislative branch. And then it's split in two. Right. The legislative branch. There there are two houses of Congress. One is the U.S. House of Representatives, and the other is the United States Senate. Right. And you're right. running for the House of Congress. The U.S. House of Representatives. Right. Right. The sixth congressional district. Right. 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 So, and I I want to differentiate that for folks because there's the. There's a Senate race yes. that that happened, and Ted Cruz, one of our senators, right, right, and John Corrin. John Corrin. Uh, so that that's not happening. This no. is for this is a special election mm-hmm. that is on May first mm-hmm. to find someone to serve as the representative for the people of Mansfield, Arlington, parts of Fort Worth, parts of Crowley, Carsacana down in Navarra County, and then of course in Ellis, uh, areas like Wasahatchee and Midlothian and Ennis, okay, and other areas. And and it, and it's special because it was vacated, right? Yeah, this. this yeah, the, the former congressman Ron Wright died, uh, and that uh, allowed the governor Greg Abbott to call for a special election, and that special election again has been held on May first. Okay, um, so uh, and what's the district number? The district number is six. Okay, district number six. Um, and this this is a side note. Never mind. I won't, I won't go any more side notes because I, I, I'm gonna have to Google this because I'll keep you all day if I have all my side notes. But um, why did you decide to run? 
Well, uh, I decided to run uh, after uh, thinking about uh, what, what has been going on in our country over the last few years, uh, particularly within the last year. We, we have been in some un- unprecedented hard times, and uh, there, there's so much a partisan division. And I thought uh, someone with uh, years of interagency collaboration and uh, less partisan divide that mm-hmm. I would— be a better candidate to advocate for all the people uh, throughout the congressional district. And that, you know, part of the reason why, you know, when we talked, I liked it because, you know, my, my hypothesis personally for politics for the next 30 years, or I'm just making up a number, it could be 10 years, but, you know, things, things ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, um, I feel like society is moving more towards moderates, right? Mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think the, you know, I think uh, people are tired of fighting and arguing, and so I, I was I was impressed by that part when you mentioned, "Hey, I'm kind of a middle of the road guy. I don't." You yes. Know. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 a person of deep faith. Yeah. And so I allow my faith uh, to guide decisions. And and when I look at uh, our people uh, who are just fighting. And yet we find them in various houses of worship uh, of all religious stripes and then come into the political spectrum and act as though that they are not people of faith. Right. And so that, that, that terrible religious disturbed me. And so I decided to get in and, and bring some moderation uh, to the debate. And, 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 the and do you want to talk more about that? Because you left that part off, you know, uh, uh, and maybe we haven't gotten to it, but like, what's your, you know, you built a pretty big— uh, organization outside of your uh, outside of your job, right? You have another avocation. I, I do, I do, I do. Uh, yes, uh, not, not only ha- have I served for a better part of 31 years uh, serving the, the good people of the United States in the federal government with the Department of Homeland Security, uh, but but uh, I have another vocation, another calling that is probably more higher. It is higher than uh, this public service, and it's the call to serve God's people. I serve as the the, the pastor for the people of First Missionary Baptist Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Okay. Okay. And how long have you been uh, pastoring? I've been pastoring for about 16 years, okay. but I've been at First Missionary for the last four years. Okay. Okay. Cool. I think I told you my dad's a pastor, Yes, right? you did. Yeah. Yes, you yeah. did. That's our kindred spirit. <laughs> and... Uh, and so what does the U.S. House of Congress do, actually? Like, what are their powers? What do they decide well, on? Of course, legislative powers. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what Congress does uh, is, one, uh, pass laws that, that impact all of us, uh, federal laws that impact all people in the United States. Uh, and, and then they hold hearings uh, on various issues, uh, special interests, special issues related to people, uh, and congressional oversight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is there like, and so, so since there's a, there's a, you know, House of Representatives and there's a Senate, what are the differences between those two? Well, the, the House of Legis- the House of Representatives, of course, a membership four hundred thirty five, mm-hmm. and each congressional district, based on the census, uh, has a number of people. Uh, for example, there are like six hundred eighty plus six hundred eighty thousand people in the Texas congressional six, and based on the census, and then of course the senators, there are two, uh, hundred overall, but each state has two. And the legislative, the, the House of Representatives receive uh, bills, and you remember the schoolhouse rock, mm-hmm. receive, receive bills, and then uh, go through committee, markup, uh, and all of the um, various legislative uh, 
process that occur in Congress and then pass the bill on to the Senate. And then, of course, the Senate goes through their legislative process and then it goes to the president either for veto or for passing of the bill. Got it. And so and so you you for me. So everything we just talked about before was stuff that I was asking you because I just wanted to be clear for people. You taught me something I didn't know just now, too. That that's must be why the census is so important. I was wondering why everybody was saying the census was so important. But that's so you can have the right number of House representatives. For Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people really fail to recognize the importance of the census. The census is very, very important. Uh, the accurate count uh, of the census allow for the actual distribution of the number of congressional seats that we will have. And also that translate into uh, what we hear every four years in presidential elections, uh, the number of delegates that allow a state to determine who's going to you know, sit in the White House and, and the various outcomes that impact us regardless of where we live. Hmm. Okay. That's good to know. Um, so why should people support you over the other candidates, right? Because there's a lot of candidates in this race. Well, as we all know, uh, there are a number of well-qualified candidates folks from various backgrounds. and uh, But a- as I think about the race and I think about the very diverse population that make up the uh, Texas 6th Congressional District, and I-, I lean back on my childhood. I, I grew up in-, in poverty. And so... Um, uh, I- and, and I watch uh, my, my mother, I watch a, my mother, a single mother, uh, raise five children. I have four siblings and my grandmother lived with us as well. And, and, and I saw her struggle, saw how uh, she actually went to an early grade supporting her children mm-hmm. uh, to ensure that we have food, that we could uh, uh, benefit and we could uh, thrive and, and live in life. And I want to make sure that uh, other children. Uh, can uh, have a much better, better, uh, a flourishing life than, than I experienced as a child. And so uh, I, I decided uh, to uh, lend uh, my years of experience in the federal government, my background from childhood, and uh, my deep commitment to serving the people of First Missionary, to not just keep it on the micro level, but to put it on a macro level that not only can benefit the people of the Texas Congressional District 6, but also the people of Texas and more broadly, people throughout the United States, indeed the world. Powerful. So something that I think is, is, is important in today's environment is like closing the wealth gap, right? Because, you know, me, I'm, I'm a nerd and part of what my day job is managing money. And the wealth gap, whether people believe it or not, has a big... Um, um, impact on just like everything, right? Economics, how you invest, how business is done, employment, and all that kind of stuff. And so, and, and the wealth gap has been the 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 the, the widest has been since um, the time period of the you know 50s, 60s, you know where people where America was great, right? And that and that comes from the wealth gap was smaller in the 50s and 60s, right. you know, for the majority of Americans, right? There were some Americans who weren't included in that, but for the majority of the Americans, you know, the wealth gap was um. Was 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 a shorter. So now it's super wide. Um, so what what are your thoughts on how we actually close the wealth gap? Because and because to me it feels like um, uh, at the current moment, Democrats and Republicans are not addressing the issue right on both sides. Right. That that's one where I think uh, a lot a lot of people, maybe maybe the younger people, or my neighbor says, "Hey, my son doesn't vote." You know, he's my age, and I say, "Well, he doesn't vote because." 
to us, honestly, I say I'm 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 more um, politically active, and so I find it an obligation. But I was like, I, I I know what I'm saying. I said to me, they they look the same, Democrats, Republicans, because they get in there and they don't address the real issue. So so to me, this is the real issue, and I'm giving the background of uh, on that so you can um, understand the thought process behind it. But uh, you know, what are your thoughts on closing the wealth gap and some real solutions? Hey, listen. Um, I, I am really committed to closing the wealth gap. As a matter of fact, uh, from the pulpit, I, I talk often uh, about uh, the economic disadvantage uh, impact uh, of, of those who, and my church sit in a red line community. And we, we talk about uh, from a scripture perspective. We, we talk about uh, this, what economists call a K-shaped economy, where those at the very top, uh, especially during the pandemic, COVID, uh, we realized how certain people, uh, uh, portfolios grew and food bank lines uh, of people who normally wouldn't go to food banks are now in food banks. Although we've heard just this morning, the unemployment dipped to about 6.2%, but there are still people who are unemployed. There's still people who are, are living in poverty. And I tell you, I'm an eyewitness to poverty. I grew up in poverty. I grew up, in fact, in a three-room shotgun house at 505 Keegan Street in Natchez, Louisiana. So I know what it's like not to have. And I want to make sure that uh, we do everything we can from a coalitional perspective, from a moderate lane, to pull, get rid of, really eliminate the, the partisan divide mm-hmm. and bring people to the table who really understand uh, not just what the wealthy receive, but Look at those people in, for example, Matlock, Matlow, Texas. Mm-hmm. Very, very, I mean, you should go to Matlow sometime and, and you'll see how people are living. One person uh, looked at it from the perspective of uh, uh, houses from a bygone era. And, 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 and we all not have people in Texas Congressional District 6 who live like that. Mm-hmm. We all not have people living in poverty. So I want to work with uh, people across the aisle. And find solutions, practical solutions, to ensure that the people who are economic disadvantaged can find you utilize the right tools to move forward in life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's why I'm in this race. Mm-hmm. And, and I think uh, that's important. I, I think it's important uh, to not only uh, grow small businesses, not only to encourage people to get into the, the process of uh, having a, a flourishing life, mm-hmm. but to also uh, encourage young people to start paying attention to what's going on now Mm -hmm. so that they can get the tools Mm -hmm. to become empowered and move forward. And I'm convinced that's the only way that we really, for real, can find solutions to eradicate poverty and eradicate it forever. Mm -hmm. And and so... I'm, I, I get some commentary to dig deeper, and uh, and then this this is a question that's off script, so you can answer or not answer, but it, but it's in relation to that question. So f- when it comes to the wealth gap, you're a perfect example of somebody who grew up in poverty, right? And you, you built the life to where happy family, mm-hmm. right? You're able to retire, you know, serve the public, and so I would say like you're an example of the, of the American dream, right? So so for you, what was important that helped you come? Out of the wealth, you know, close the wealth gap for yourself. Well, I, I tell you, um, it's from my childhood. Mm-hmm. It's, it's from my childhood. Um, my grandmother lived with us. She was 72 when I was born. And my grandmother, we called her affectionately Mama Shug. And M- Mama Shug worked on a plantation, picked cotton, 
and she cleaned houses. Uh, so she did domestic work. But there was something that Mama Suge did not could not do. She could not read or write. Mm. Sociologists would say she was an illiterate. I claim she was my hero. Uh, she was the smartest person I knew. But she would say, Philip, to us often uh, when we would go to the bank with her uh, to cash her check, she would have to do a mark, born 1892. She had to do a mark. So my fifth grade educated self had to sign Patrick Moses to authenticate my grandmother's signature. And each time my grandmother would go to that bank, she would say to me, and I'm quoting my grandmother now, don't be no fool like me. Mm. She said, listen, Patrick, get you something in your head and get something in your heart. By doing that, you will always go far in life. And she reminded us of the value of education, mm. that once you get an education, matter of fact, in her words, that was the freedom train, mm. the freedom train to become anything that you want to become in life. And so I'm a living witness. She died in 1991 at the rifle age of 98, approaching oh, wow. 99. Yeah. And, and, and she, she reminded us, even as she was preparing to leave this world, get the best education you can get. And so I'm standing today on her shoulders. Mm-hmm of all the things that she did. Yeah. And so that's how I got out. So that's how I know when we lay aside all the partisan divide and we pay attention to, you know, the small businesses, we pay attention to encouraging and promoting and mentoring young people and making sure that young people can get the right footing, then guess what? They can become successful. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the reason why I asked that question was I, I kind of figured you would answer, because we haven't talked about that. I never asked you that before. But uh, it's a common theme, and, and when I say I don't hear either side talking about it, and, and this is specifically, it's, it's, it's no, uh, Texas is a perfect example, right? It's, it's no, it's no, and you're not running for Texas uh, House, but, uh, you know, I'm beat up on Texas politicians for a while. Like, we're terrible at education on the stats. Like, whatever stat you want to you look at, like, we're terrible on education, and, we're, and, we, and we are wondering, you know, why— uh, even in Texas, the, you know, the, the poor are getting poor. I'm like, if you look at it, it boils down to, um, you know, opportunity to education is not equal. Like my, you know, my story, you know, we thank God, you know, we didn't grow up poor, but we definitely didn't grow up with money. Like we were, we were lower middle class, right? Um, um, and I remember, you know, my opportunity came when my parents decided to, um, um, uh, Moved to a less poor side of town and put me around different kids that just thought differently, right? right you know, right. like the kids on this side of town. I mean, we talked about going to the league and basketball. By the way, nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, I'm I'm competitive. Like, I love sports, but that was like the extent of mm-hmm. of our vision versus over here. My buddies playing basketball. It was like, yeah, man, I want to go to the league, but also I'm going to LSU or I'm going to PV. You know, what I'm saying I'm going to PV right. or I'm going to Harvard, right? Right. And it was just a whole, you know, it was a whole different mindset, mm-hmm. and so. Um, I, you know, for, for me, that's what got me here. It like opened up my eyes. I was always pretty driven. Right. And there's a lot of driven kids that are, that are poor, but they just, you know, it's like, um, like, like the horse with the blinders on, right. They can only go where, you know what I'm saying? Where they're, where they're guided because they got blinders on versus if you opened up, they can see the whole world. And so yeah, um, and Phil, I, I'm a person that look for solutions yeah, and always interested in solutions. So I, I, I've used, I, I leverage the church to make a difference in the lives of other people. 
So, so look what we do. Uh, poverty, and, and we know that education, remember what I told you about my grandmother, education is that train that can get you out, get you wherever you want to go. So we, we run, we, we created at, at First Missionary uh, a concept called the Summer Enrichment Program. And the Summer Enrichment Program is to ensure that children, and, and we open it up for any kid who wants to come during the summer. And, of course, balanced meal, but it's about academic readiness. If you're going to the fifth grade, we want to make sure that at the end of the summer enrichment program, you then what? You're ready for the seventh grade. So we spend time on STEM activities, STEM Mm -hmm. skills. But then there's another piece, cultural awareness, cultural enrichment, allowing children to get exposure so they can see something different than where they are right now. Mm-hmm. Th- that, that's the key, to open it. up. And for, for example, one summer, uh, we took our children uh, to Washington, D.C. We wanted them to see the African-American Museum. We wanted them to see, we took them to Congress. We wanted them to see the White House. We want our children to see everything because that is the only way, regardless of a child's economic level, that if you want someone who's economically disadvantaged to move forward, they need the tools, the access to move forward. And so that's that's what that's what I'm about. Perfect. That's perfect, who I am. Hey, look, that's that's who I am. That's the answer I was looking for. That's we need more folks like you yeah. in Congress. That's who that's, I am. Because that that is the key. Yeah. All right, plans to help small businesses. You know, because we're coming out of COVID, but still some businesses struggling. So, what what are your thoughts on small business help? As you know, we were devastated. Small businesses, uh, and we're hearing this. Uh, Opening, I was listening to a, a news uh, report coming in uh, to the studio the other day, and where where the governor is, is uh, saying, you know, relaxing a mask on on Wednesday, and small businesses are saying, oh, time out. Uh, so we're we're going to become my word, not theirs. The mask police w- w- without any enforcement authority from the government, and so small businesses have really been destroyed. And so what 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 we need to do. What we really need to do is find solutions to hear from small businesses what kind of economic relief they need for real. I'll tell you what I would like to do. I would like uh, to use my my years of having served as the chair of the Dallas-Fort Worth Federal Executive Board, where I've had access to all the federal leaders in the DFW area, and particularly the director of the small business, but to bring that director and the team, the technical assistance team, to various communities within the 6th District and hear ex- specifically from those individuals. Mm. He- he- hear from this little small uh, barbecue restaurant in Carsicano. To hear exactly from those individuals so that they, unlike what the previous administration did, that the big companies received the economic relief, mm-hmm. but allow these small businesses to actually get the technical assistance that they need, you know, direct contact with the Small Business Administration and allow them to get on a better path forward mm-hmm. so they can come out of this crisis and move forward and allow their employees to come back and us to reopen the economy in a better way than ever before. Okay. No, I love it. I love it. Uh, here, here's the here's the last last question. I got I got one more fun question, but here's the, here's the last uh, technical question. So, um, easier voting, right? So you know I can get into my iPhone with my phone, right? And 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 I'm huge in blockchain, right? So so without going too nerd on you, the technology to the technology to to 
have more people vote from their phone is there and it's more secure than the current system, right? So everybody who says we don't want voter fraud, I'm like, that's 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 a bunch of baloney, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have said something else because you're a pastor, so I'm respectful, but the, that's a bunch of baloney. Like technology is here. They, they know it, right? Um, so how do we make voting easier? You know, because I don't care who wins, as long as the people get to speak, right? And I'm like, why are politicians against that? Why don't we want more people to vote? You, as you know, voter suppression is real. Uh, Legislatures all over the country right now are trying to find ways uh, to restrict, trying to find ways to make it harder to vote, which is ridiculous. That's really ridiculous. I mean, listen, think about it. Uh, voting is, is embedded into the Constitution. It's part of the Texas Constitution. It, 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 it's, it's the one precious right that we all have. Yet, we need to find a way to make sure that any and every eligible voter can exercise her or his right to vote in every election. That's the first thing we need to make sure we do. Uh, the other thing we need to make sure that as those individuals are voting, that voting is, like you said, easy, utilize whatever technology that's out there and use it smart, but make sure as one official who, who, who was with the Cyber Infrastructure Security Agency, uh, Chris Krebs, argued uh, during the uh, hear- hearings and, and conversation following uh, the November 2020 election, which was one of the safest, that make sure that it's always safe. Make sure that every eligible voter can vote and vote based on whatever that local authority is utilizing in but making sure that is done right. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. That every person who's above the age of eighteen ought to be able to exercise her or his right to vote in every election. And any politician, any politician, any politician that is trying to impede a person's fundamental right, all of us ought to have a problem with that politician. Mm. Facts. So my last question, I won't ask you who your favorite team is because that's divisive. But what's your favorite sport? Let's see. Depends on the time of the year. <laughs> All around. Football season is football. Don't ask me my favorite team. You might get me in trouble uh, with my wife. Uh, and then basketball season uh, is basketball. What I, what I do tell you, uh, I better tell you, uh, my, my preference, though, is, is both college football and college basketball. Okay. I do love college. Like if I, yeah, I didn't even play football, but I, I will, I will watch college football over. I mean, really, and I love basketball. I would watch college football over like basketball games sometimes. You know, yeah. uh, so I, I don't know what it is about college football. It's just maybe it takes us back to that time when we were in college watching games, right? You know, right. tailgating. Yeah. Even though we didn't have a football team when we were there, yeah. we had to. And graduate. Yeah, it is a fun fact. Uh, each year, uh, as we get into the college football season and also the college basketball season, I like to get the the magazines and, and read about the teams. Mm. And what, really what I'm interested in, not so much the team, I'm really interested in how can this coach bring these diverse people together in a coalition and create a winning team. Right. I've the, always found that interesting. Because that's the real talent. Like right. pe- pe- people wonder, um, you know, uh so I'm I'm an Alabama fan. I gotta go take I'm gonna go take a 
uh, uh, higher ed course at S- Southern University because that's my adopted HBCU, mm-hmm. and at and at uh, Alabama because that's my my my, my football team. They're like, how you like Alabama? I was like, I don't. I like Nick Saban. Like you know that guy and his, and his ability to create a process year in and year yes, out, yes. just consistently. Absolutely. I'm like, that's like he makes it. Pe- he's so good at it. People are like that's not that good. I mean, it is good. Like, he, he's not getting draft picks. Right. You know, he's not – I mean, he's consistently – and he's not getting – I mean, he just got top-notch quarterbacks, but mm-hmm. he was winning for years without – with just regular quarterbacks. That's right. And he did it at, at LSU as mm-hmm. well. Oh, and by the way, I'm glad to know that your favorite HBCU is Southern University. I'm a graduate <laughs> of Southern University. Yeah, my, my, my uncle is too. That's how <laughs> – I, I was like, how do I adopt the one? I was like, oh, my Uncle Michael, he's Southern. <laughs> you know, my folks from Louisiana, so we right. right, 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 right. So, well, uh, I appreciate you coming on and sharing. Thanks for answering these questions. These were, and just for y'all to know, these were questions that I that I picked out that I thought were important that I knew um, that I had questions on, mm-hmm. uh, but I also knew other people had questions on because again, some people are jaded by politics, and the one reason why I am involved is is that I know that um, you really can't talk trash unless you're involved anyway. I mean, Absolutely. you can you can complain all you want, Absolutely. but that's not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. So uh, thanks for coming on and sharing. Right. Thank, thank you so much for having me, and let's get the economy back. Let's uh, uh, stimulate some job growth around this place uh, and uh, look forward to uh, folks coming and, and getting on the team, uh, going to uh, patrickmosesforcongress.com and getting to know us and uh, sharing thoughts and ideas so that we can uh, actually represent all of you in the 6th Congressional District in Texas. And, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask again because that was, that was what I was going to ask after this. Where, where can folks find you? If they, and, and first, first question is, how can folks help? Right. And second is, where do they go to help? Go to www.patrickmosesforcongress.com. Go in, get to know us, and if you do anything else, donate. Every dollar can help us uh, to share the story to get the the story out that there is somebody who is interested in uh, uh, building a coalition through coalitional leadership and represent all the people across the partisan divide. And I'll tell you, uh, I am indeed a proud Democrat, but I will never, I will never, ever, ever abandon the voters, the state, or the country for the party. Mm. I want everyone to understand that. Yeah, that's important. www.patrickmosesforcongress.com. Come join the team, donate, and let's get involved. We want to hear your stories. So I'm talking to some folks, and a lot of folks that have listened to the podcast for a while and are even clients didn't know that I wrote a book. So my book, Retirement Investing 101, sells on Amazon. You can buy it. It's 20 bucks. super short read. But you don't have to buy it. If you go to my website, stonehillwealthmanagement.com, I have a free PDF download that you can get it. And cause I, don't, I didn't write the book to make any money off of it. I wrote the book as a way to educate people on how to plan and invest for retirement. And you can interchange retirement with financial independence because I'm not super excited about like retirement, but I want to be financially independent. And so this book helps you understand how to build a portfolio and manage a portfolio to reach your financial independence goal, which it tells you also how to actually figure out what that number is. And A, it allows you to do it yourself if you're a do-it-yourselfer, or B, allows you to vet investment professionals that you're working with or you're thinking about working with so you can know if they have a similar philosophy. Because as a fee-based or a fee-only investment advisor, I don't get paid commissions to sell products. My clients pay me a fee to manage money. This year, we instituted a minimum, so I can't manage money for everybody anymore. And I'm 
it hurts me when I turn people down, but I, but I have to because I have got to maintain a, a high service with the clients that I do have. But this book will help others who are, who are like, hey, I, you know, I just need to make sure I'm asking the right questions of my advisor. It gives you a template that'll help you not work with the wrong advisor. And I put all that in, in the book, different types of advisors, different myths. Check it out on my website, stonehillwealthmanagement.com, a retirement investing one-on-one. And if you really want to buy a hard copy because you like that, you can go to Amazon and buy it. Y'all enjoy your day. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.